there in music video land and welcome to another episode of the music video land podcast this week in music videos brought to you by your super good friends at imvdb.com the internet music video database my name is adam um and with us as usual um one of the 12 angry viewers is uh, mr <laughs> doug Klinger. how are you doug uh dude doing super good adam it's all coming back to me now <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's kind of all coming back to me as well, so I think this is good timing then. Um, if we had recorded this several hours earlier, then nothing would have come back to us, which is an issue. Um, another issue that we're dealing with is that Adam Alexander is not on this podcast. Uh, he sent me an email saying he wasn't appearing due to political reasons. Um, it's true. I don't really know what that means. but I really don't know, and it was on all caps, and there was a lot of emoji, and I'm not really sure exactly what's going on with him, but he's not joining us for this podcast, so Doug, it's just you and me. Just us boys. Uh, just us boys. And so uh, viewers or listeners, I guess I should say, of the podcast may not know, but we, we switch the day that we record these podcasts. We mm-hmm. do them on Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> Sometimes Thursday. <laughs> Sometimes Thursday. Yeah. Um, we used to do them always on Thursday. And right. I think that, that, that didn't work out very well. Um, but we've switched them to Sunday. And so that means that some, like, holidays that fall on Sundays happen to fall on the day that we record this podcast. And today is June 19th, 2016, and we're recording on the day of Father's Day. That's right. The day for dads. Dad, uh, Doug, what did you do for your, your father for Father's Day? I called him. Okay, excellent. And, uh, and, and anything else? Uh, so far, that's it. Okay, good. But he's going to be in New York City Wednesday, so if like if I wanted to give him kind of like a belated gift, right. I still have that 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 opportunity still is around available to me. Right, that's within three days. I think that's pretty good. You could be like, oh, I I, I forgot to send. This yeah, or I could just be like, I've had it, I've had this, mm. and I, my plan was to just give it to you. Right here it is. <laughs> so if I wanted to do that, I could. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I've called my dad for, for Father's Day. I, I had the foresight to send a card, which I do not always do, Ooh. Um, which is tough. Sending cards is kind of a, a pain because you have to go to the card store. You know, I know a lot of stores sell cards, but I like to go to the card store. The specific and, one, you get you get something a lot more unique that way, right? Yeah, you get, and you get the the uh, indie cards that aren't really uh, that that cost twelve dollars. Uh, you. Um, this is the last Father's Day that you actually have to give a shit for. Because once you are an actual father, you don't have to. You no longer have to celebrate other fathers. That's I true. Think, I think that's kind of a rule here. I think it is. I think it's an American rule. Um, and and listeners uh, sh- should be aware. I am expecting to be a father come mm-hmm. August. So yeah, I guess I'll just kind of have to sit back and relax. I won't even call my dad. I'll just be like, you know, yeah. you know, it's cool. yeah, right. Because you guys are celebrating it together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we uh, talk about music videos on this podcast. So Doug, you and I had the idea to talk about to combine the subject of our dads and music videos because our dads have kind of been the subject on this podcast once or twice. Yeah. Um, no, dis- are- no disrespect to our moms. No, no, never. Actually, we've mentioned your mom and my mom several times on this podcast. Actually, my mom has started a video that we that we shot uh, right. many years ago. But it's just more fun. Dads come up more often. Right. And I think that um, one of the reasons is, well, so I'm going to go to Two reasons. One is very personal to us, and I think one reason is our dads have the same name with one letter changed. <laughs> uh, mine is Don, and yours is Dan. So I think there's sure. kind of a there's like a definitely like a you know a contingent there. Um, and the other one is you know when you talk about music and dads, you know m- there's no mom rock, right? Know? But there is what you would call an urban dictionary has defined as dad rock. Well, so because I think it's important, uh, the distinction between moms and dads is moms are who they are. Moms are true to themselves at all times, hmm. and like don't give a shit if you think they're cool or not. Like moms are way too self confident, um, and like ha- their purpose in life. Is, is way more defined, I think, than dads sometimes. Um, and, and, and because of that, moms don't give a shit if you think they're cool or not. But, like, dads go on their whole fucking life wanting to be cool still, continue mm. to be cool and to be, be cool. But they want to be able to define it themselves still. It's like, cool is what I say. Uh, 
I'm a, I'm an, I'm a man. I'm an old man, and I know I still know what's cool, and it's what was cool when I was young. I, I still think there's like at the core, dads want some coolness still that that moms couldn't give a shit about. Right. No, actually, you know, I had not even thought of it that way before, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, because dad rock is defined. Let me just read the Urban Dictionary definition real quick. Um, it says this: um, the top definition on Urban Dictionary is. Uh, quote, the standard set of albums from the 60s and 70s that every boomer likes. Boomers try to get youngins to listen to dad rock by loading up on, quote, best album, best albums ever lists with them. Um, and so I, I think we should qualify this by saying that we are. So, Doug, you and I are both in our early 30s and we are the children of I, I, kind of late boomer parents. So our, our dads are around the 60s, 60s ish or like early 60s. Um and, in their 60s, you mean? Right, right, yeah. Right. Um, my dad is turning 60 next year. And this kind of rings true a, a, a little bit. And I think that is important because, you know, many, like, let's say if there's a listener, like, you know, 10 years younger, their dad might be, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 15 years younger or more, maybe. Yeah. Um, and they don't have the experience that I think our dads had of kind of missing out on music videos in a way. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Because so our- a lot of a lot of artists that I think our dads like have music videos, but that's not how they our dads got there. Like they weren't reached by music videos. That like music videos kept the artists that our dads like relevant beyond the years that they normally would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like plenty of artists that my dad loves, Eric Clapton or or somebody, and 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 even you know the early days of music videos, it was saturated with like Rod Stewart and. Bruce Springsteen and uh, David Bowie and and all of these, you know, and, and some of those are a little bit later, but like there, that's right in the heart of of dad music, right? And you know, a lot of art, you know, for this podcast, I went back and kind of looked for music videos for artists that I know my dad loves, and I kind of grew up with artists like um, like Super Tramp and Krista Burr, the Guess Who, uh, even like the Eagles. And, like, they, they do not even... So they, they fall into two categories, like, uh, artists that do not have any music videos whatsoever, um, like Krista Burt um, and the guests who, to an extent, um, but also artists that have, like, really terrible music videos, <laughs> like Supertramp. Um, and I, I guess Krista Burt, to an extent, he's a little bit of an outlier there. But, um, you know, these are artists that, you know, they, like, our dads would have loved in the 70s, and, you know, MTV really didn't start until 1980. And even, you know, any music videos that were before then um, were not super great. There are some except- exceptions. But, you know, by the time that MTV really became popular as well, it was like a countercultural movement, right? Mm-hmm. It was people who are, you know, in their late teens or early 20s, which our dads at that point were out of. Um, you know, that's the generation that it was catering to. So even though there were like those, like... Rod Stewart, like Bruce Springsteen things, uh, you know, MTV really started to uh, pick up steam when, you know, uh, Madonna came around and those right. artists. <clears throat> yeah, artists that came up through music videos rather than like, tr- like fought against them and like, well, I guess I guess we, we have to do these too. Like there's right. so many, there's so many, there's plenty of like footage of artists just like hating having to do music <laughs> videos, just being so upset, fucking like hauling oats and shit, just hating music videos and uh, and pushing against it. But they're they're out there because it was they were almost forced to do it. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like I I couldn't really think of any. But like, there's one music video that my dad really loves now, and because it's a video that I showed him. Like my dad really loves the early days music video by Paul McCartney, directed by Vincent Haycock. Um, Because first of all, like, I don't, you know, my dad might not understand the kind of, like, nuance of um, what we understand in in music videos and we we like to look at. But, like, he's going to understand that, like, a Vincent Haycock music video, like, he's going to recognize the, like, level of production value that comes along with that video. Um, But then also the video itself is just, like, something that he can relate to. It's about... Paul McCartney, and it's essentially like a retelling of the Paul McCartney John Lennon story, um, 
but uh, uh, it, it like uh, through these two black characters. And so it's just like so, something that is very relatable. And it's a video that my dad, like I showed my dad once and he, he shows it to people all the time. And like, you know what this video is about? Like he really like loves to like try to get people <laughs> to, one of the things my dad really loves is to try to get like, see if people can get what stuff's about. Like he loves these like songs that are about stuff that, uh, um, like isn't immediately clear, but like becomes clear. And he's always like, all right, listen to this song and tell me what you think it's about and see if people get it. And he does the same thing with this, this early days music video. He's like, check out this video. It's Paul McCartney. What do you think it's about? And then like play, like play it for like my older sister and all these people and like play it and like quiz people. Uh, so it's fun. That's like uh, so that was like that was one of the only examples I could think of of like a music video that my dad has seen because yeah he's in a generation that like he didn't need to give a shit. He also like my dad's also never like played a video game right like he's never picked up a controller and play a video game. Like maybe he's played connect or like some dance game where you don't use a controller or a joystick and you just like can dance around or, or flail your body or like pretend you're swinging a golf club. But, um, yeah, he's, he's never played a video game either. And that, and those, those things kind of came about around the same time and just kind of like passed our parents generation by. And it's interesting because like my dad, you know, definitely does not, you know, stay away from modern music. He loves, you know, like Adele and uh, some Megan Trainer stuff, and a lot of modern. My folks you know, are big on Bruno Mars. Oh my, yeah, my mom and dad saw Bruno Mars in Miami, <laughs> and I, so I actually didn't know this that your mom and dad are Bruno Mars fans. But uh, do you think like either of our parents or our dads have seen a Bruno Mars music video? No, probably not. Which is interesting. Because, like, Uptown Funk is now, I think, the third most popular video on the internet, closing it at 2 billion, closing it on 2 billion views at 1.7 billion. Um, it's like neck and neck with that Wiz Khalifa video, um, for number two. Uh, everyone's seen that fucking video, and my parents fucking <laughs> love Bruno Mars. Like, they don't, I don't even think that, like, Bruno Mars is like the artist that makes my parents feel like they are. Their their music tastes have gotten weird over time. My dad like loves these weird country songs, but he also loves like they love Bruno Mars. They play Bruno Mars a lot. Like that, my dad had a 60th birthday a uh, um, little over a year ago, and like we did this thing where it was like we played it. We did a contest with like over under how many. Um, Pitbull songs we could play because it was a party with a DJ. <laughs> it was a party with a DJ. We we had like our table was just like me and my sister and our friends. So at that table we did this contest, and I think by the end of the night there was like ten. 10 or 11 songs that had Pitbull in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but like the artist that was a close second by far was Bruno Mars and like Uptown Funk was by, like the song that got people out of their seats going crazy. Um, like that continue Uptown Funk continues to be like the, like white people dance jam well into 2016. And it's largely because it, even folks in their sixties are really, really into it. But no, I don't think they, I don't think they've seen that video. I would be surprised. Right, because I think they're from an interesting generation where they've where they kind of missed the cultural movement of MTV. In that, you know, MTV was like a cu- countercultural product. I think you know my 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 parents, and I'm sure yours still. You know, Madonna was of their era, and all those artists were of their era. But I don't think they got MTV in the same way that people who are you know five or ten years younger did as well. And then by the '90s, were coming around. By the time the 90s were coming around and music videos kind of settled into, you know, their TV grew, I think it was just kind of background noise in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I remember... Much like much like video games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they just were there and, you know, there weren't anything new or interesting or exciting. Um, right. I really remember my, uh, my dad really enjoyed the mid-90s Celine Dion album. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hold on, let me actually look up the actual name of the album, though. Um... It might. I thought it was this. Well, this was the title track. Uh, it might have been. It was. Do, do, do. I think it was "Color of My Love." I gotta see the discography. I'll cut this out. Um, English language studio albums. I believe it was "Falling Into You" in nineteen ninety six. That was. You know, I don't care who you are. I feel like that was a kind of a pervasive album of that era. Is um, this a, is this song a remake of a Meatloaf song? No, I think you're thinking of um, 
Okay. There's a Meatloaf song called It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Huh. Interesting. Oh, but maybe that's maybe Meatloaf remade this song. I mean, it sounds similar to um, I Won't Do That. But I don't think. Hold on. Let me see here. <laughs> if we're if we're taking. Yeah. There, uh, he did do it. But in 2006. Yeah. So OK. There we go. Yeah. He re, he remade it <laughs> because it's a powerful song. I mean, if you listen to it, you know, Celine, it's a great song, um, honestly. And, you know, Celine Dion, we forget, you know. She's kind of a little bit of a punchline now, but we kind of forget how powerful of a voice she had. Same with Meatloaf, if, if, we're, if we're being <laughs> yeah, if we're being honest here. Um, <laughs> but it has a, a, a video that, and like I'm not saying my dad enjoyed this video or anything, but just talking about the the generations at play here, I I definitely remember this video it was directed by Nigel D- uh, Dick. It came out in 1996. Um, I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it to watch this. It looked like a really high budget video. It's about Celine Dion. She's kind of in this big mansion, and uh, I guess her her lover or whatever dies in a motorcycle accident, and just the insanity of this video is really off the charts. It has a little bit of a Wuthering Heights meets like Beauty and the Beast kind of feel to it. There's actually her kind of making out with a ghost, and the ghost is <laughs> is it's made clear it's a ghost because he has like a ghostly glow off of him. Right, but my favorite part is she goes into this. First of all, there's there's smoke on the floor everywhere. Is uh, something you should know. But also, she goes into this chamber of mirrors or sort of paintings, and she sees her and her her lover and all these paintings. And it's not like it's very clear they just went into paintings and just green screened over them and then put some <laughs> video on top. They're just video inside some paintings, um, which looks absolutely insane now. But uh, and and the at the time though, it probably looked awesome. There's just the, yeah. the same with the shot with her dancing with the ghost when he vanishes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks like fucking, We're like, holy shit! It looks like fucking like some like Disney's haunted mansion <laughs> shit. Like just like terrible VFX. <laughs> Oh man, people yeah. still love that shit. People still love the haunted mansion. People still love. I'm pretty sure when Meatloaf remade the music video, it's very similar. Yeah, I'm sure he he went he went back to Nigel Dick and said, "Listen, Nigel, uh, we, can got- we get the, can we get the same mansion going." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Nigel, Nigel, baby, it's me, me. <laughs> the other thing that kind of blew my mind about this is that uh, Celine Dion in 1996 was 28 years old. Right, um, and, and I she look looks at, like a full-grown adult. She <laughs> does like, really. Wait, like she looks like, like mo- she's major mom status. Absolutely. Um, but you look at somebody like Katy Perry is our age. I think she's thirty-one or thirty-two now, and she still looks ten yeah. years younger than Celine Dion looks in this video. And I and I I honestly do not know what the explanation for that is for well because i think it's just this it's just that what the artist is like um it's all coming back to me now we're talking about she was 28 at the time but like in in she was still like making music for for grown-ups right like she was making music for people 10 years older than her um katie perry is, is making music for people 10 years younger than her and she and same with like um the difference between how Adele is presented versus how the way um, Carly Rae Jepsen is presented now. Like, or isn't isn't Carly Rae old, Jepsen older than Adele? Like, significantly? She is, yeah, I think so. I think Carly so, Rae Jepsen is she's our age. She's almost she well, she's a little bit younger than us. She, in nineteen eighty five. Um, yeah, and then Adele is several is about the same age as Taylor Swift. So. Um, so yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen is like five or six years older, right? And and but they're like pr- the way they're presented is significantly different, and they're, mm-hmm. that's because their fan bases are. And so I mean, Celine Dion was huge in 1996, like and, as Adele is now, and 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 it's the same kind of thing. Like she, Adele has a kind of like her fan base is is old is older too. Like I think the ceiling to Carly Rae Jepsen's fan base is much lower. No, I agree. Yeah, and so what? What uh, out of curiosity, like what musical taste do you think your dad passed down to you? Um, they, like that, that you would still uh, put on Spotify now and kind of kind of group to. Well, so I guess that's the thing. I think that I've like, I, um, <clears throat> if you talked to me in college, I'd have been like fifty percent right. Like it would have been fifty percent of my own musical taste, which was like heavily hip hop, mm. and then fifty percent. Like listening to you know 
70s, 70s era classic rock. But now, like, I don't really... Um, like I still like if Eric Clapton does a concert or something and my dad is in New York, like I'm going to go with him to it and it's going to be a great time and, and everything. But like, I don't listen to a lot of the older Eric Clapton stuff on my own anymore. Um, so I wouldn't, I would say that there's not a significant one currently. What about you? I would say that, um, yeah, that I would say roughly the, the same thing. I think we all kind of like get a lot of musical influence from our dads in that way. And then, yeah, by the time you're at college age, you're kind of like bringing in new influences. And also you still have that like big backlog. Like my first concert was the Eagles when I was 10 or yeah, 12 I mean, I've been to or like, whatever. I've been to like, honestly, double digit number of Eric Clapton concerts. <laughs> not even exaggerating. That is not an exaggeration. Right. And I, I've been to a ton of classic rock concerts, like Tom Petty and Paul McCartney and 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 just a ton of them. And, and I go, you know, I go with my dad and, and it's fun. And, um, but like, I don't, when, when I'm listening to stuff on my own, it's not typically, although like, I, you know, I still listen to the new stuff from these artists. I checked out the new Paul Simon album mm-hmm. that came out and it wasn't bad. And the new Eric Clapton album's all right too. And there's uh, he's got a song with Ed Sheeran. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, you're like, whatever, like, it gets, like whatever. They, obviously they're both talented musicians and songwriters and you know they it's a nice it's a nice pop song right so um but like i don't listen to the older stuff anymore i i would if i were to listen to an eric clapton or a paul mccartney song right now it would be a new one yeah i think one, one exception for me for that is like i like uh my dad is from canada i'm from canada and my family's from canada and as a result, I was exposed to artists that were bigger in Canada, I suppose, than they were yeah. in the U.S. Um, one of those, Krista, one of them is Krista Burr, which is a, an artist that's big. He's the guy who, who sang "Lady in Red." Is the guy who yeah. is a song that most people in America know, um, and he has like a, a pretty extensive catalog. And I, you know, I wouldn't count him as one of my favorites, but I'm sort of more aware of him because of my family, my dad. The other one is I used to. Um, listen to a lot more, but actually, I've recently started listening to a little bit more. Is Supertramp, Doug? I know you you are aware of Supertramp. Yeah. Um, and they're you know they're kind of an underrated um, you know seventies rock band. Uh, there's a they have an album called Breakfast in America that I think is one of the classic seventies albums that I've been kind of just putting on when I'm working or whatever lately. Um, just cause it's, and realizing that it's a great album. Um, and uh, also Fleetwood Mac for sure uh, was is not you know a huge favorite of mine, but something that I definitely grew up with. But it's funny, my my dad, you know, uh, when I was in college and things like that, we used to make. I think this may be another generational thing is that we were a generation that made a lot of mix CDs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I definitely like my dad and I sort of exchanged music through mix CDs in a way. Like when I would come home from college, I would bring these mix CDs that I made mm-hmm. in college of all these songs that I was listening to. And I would come home for Christmas break or spring break or whatever, or the summer even, and leave them in his car. And then he would listen to them. And Like you would sneak them in? Well, I wouldn't even sneak him in, but I would like, you know, I would use his car or whatever and go, you know, do whatever and bring my CDs and just leave them in there. Um, and so, you know, there were a lot of, you know, he picked up a lot of things from like the 2003 to 2007 era um, that I think, you know, he otherwise wouldn't have because, you know, I was leaving CDs in his car. And I think a lot of people like our age have that kind of same experience of a little bit of a technology clash not like a technology synergy there you know like of making cds and moving into you know things like itunes and ipods i think you know i know your dad has burned through many ipod which i know my dad is as well and they always my dad dad, he still pays for all his music like individually (laughs) like he has he has apple music but i still think he just pays for every you know album that he gets and, and downloads them um i try to like plant little seeds like they, my folks were here in new york last weekend and i tried to play the chance the rap chance the rapper album i was like this is something that maybe my folks would be into because it's like very like heavily gospel influenced and it's like a lot of it is about being blessed and and <laughs> there's this like 
like choirs and stuff and Kirk Franklin and I'm like man maybe maybe my folks will dig this and they didn't they weren't rejecting it but I don't know if they were going to run and go download it either but I feel like in these days I'm more trying to influence their music taste more so than the other way around yeah it, and it is very nice to have artists like Adele and like um, I say Megan Trainer, but I don't mean like the all about that bass stuff although my, I think our parents are aware of mm-hmm. stuff that's so pervasive but like the she did a, a um, duet with John Legend I love you like I'm gonna lose you or something like that <clears throat> that that really did well on like the adult you know like contemporary <laughs> the, um, adult, the adult charts which yeah. is where you, they're allowed to show nudity <laughs> too which is crazy exactly yeah you gotta get on those adult, adult charts yeah. um, so there are definitely like you know I like I agree like I love the chance to rapper um album especially since it's on spotify now which is the first chance to rapper album that's been on spotify and yeah um, i like all these you know all these albums that i don't think you know my dad would be interested in but then there are all of these you know artists that i think that like are an overlap which you know in the 90s and the 80s you know if we were you know if we were 31 in uh 1995 i don't know if it would have been the same um i think there's there's you know the people who make music, they're probably a lot smarter than giving credit for. Right. For being cross-generational. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's start with the Major Laser video, because this is something that we've seen happen a lot in 2016, which I think is yeah. relatively new and really interesting. So, Doug, tell us about the what happened with this video, the Light It Up video. So, yeah, so there was a video, um, a, like, maybe um, a little over two weeks ago, at the or about two weeks ago at the release of this podcast, um, um, that popped up um, on Vimeo that initially we passed over, but then we watched and we realized it was awesome. It's it's just called on Vimeo 2016 AICP sponsor reel director cut. And so, like, we don't normally, like, look at reels in, in you know, reels and stuff are not normally the type of stuff that we're looking at on Vimeo. But then somebody watched this and they were like, holy shit, wait a second, this shit's amazing. And it's basically... Um, this just like crazy 3D animated dance video with these like insane characters and behind it is the music lighted up by Major Lazer um, and for like the last like week it was blown up on Vimeo it had like, like 2 million views and then earlier th- last week um, Major Lazer adopted it as the official video for the song and released and posted it up on the Major Lazer YouTube account and it you know listed it says right here ma- official video Major Lazer because uh, probably because it's just so fucking cool <laughs> like the video is just insane like I haven't like done much research beneath what happened beyond the fact that it's now on Major Lazer's official YouTube account and and it's they're calling it the official music video and it's still up on Vimeo so um, yeah this shit is nuts I mean like it it's the like, you really got to see what's going on. But the the level of the effects that are added to what is clearly, like, motion-captured dancing um, is just really, really impressive. And the characters that they come up with, I think maybe there might be some tangible stuff going on in this video at times and, and, and a lot of really heavy VFX. But it's just really, really impressive. Yeah, you mentioned motion capture stuff, and there is motion capture dancing, and then they put these different textures on them. I guess you could call them. Um, and you know, the to, for me, the interest and in, or like the exciting part of the video are these textures and what they do with them. Um, and they are so real. I mean, it, it is incredible that like nowadays you can do this stuff, which probably would have been in the realm of several million dollars in budget, like you know. 10 or 15 years ago, um, you know, motion capture people dancing and then put these textures on them and do this stuff. Um, and, you know, they don't just do these textures. They kind of weave it into the video um, in a way that really... Uh, in the dancing, really. Like, in the dancing, yeah. The, the dancing was clearly knowing in mind. Like, it's not just different tech, like skin textures. Like, the proportions of the bodies are different. And, like, um, like one dude's, like, all... Like, one dude looks like he's, like... Filled with helium and like it's hard hard to move and like another one looks like it's like a made of sand and like at points the sand kind of like disappears on certain parts of their body and stuff and those moments are weaved into the choreography as well um, and and it's not just like skin textures like they some of them have like bodies that are 
like uh, cape cape. I don't I don't even know. Like it's hard to it's hard to describe, but like it just textures is there, but it is very very base level of what's going on in this video. And, you know, as I mentioned before, this is sort of a part of a trend that we've been seeing more and more of, and that is videos that are not made, you know, not commissioned by the label or the artist becoming the actual official video. And I think yeah. the, the best example in recent memory is the Kanye West video for Famous, which was made by, you know, granted it was made by two very famous people, Eric Wareham and, and Aziz Ansari. Um, but it was, you know, just something they put out there very obviously just for fun. Yeah. And it was picked up by Kanye West as the official video. And I think this is something that we're going to see more and more of. And I'm, I'm actually surprised we haven't seen more of it, you know, so far. Yeah. I'm, I'm, tr- um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm doing a little bit of reading right now. Um, so the AICP Awards is like a, um, an award show that. Uh, celebrates commercial production so I'm thinking maybe what happened was they licensed this song would be my guess like this is a licensed song for this video it's like this isn't a fan video the level of work that went into this like clearly there were there was compensation and this is like some sort of official video um and maybe it's a director cut so maybe like the um what, what it was commissioned for was maybe shorter or something like that, and this is the much longer version. Um, but anyway, like, it feels like maybe Major Laser just went in and, like, hey, can, can it be this too? <laughs> like, usually it's a fan video. Like, I think for, despite it being made by Eric Wareham and Aziz, like, uh, I, I still think that's a fan video, um, technically. Like, right. I think they just did it and made it and put it up. Somebody, like, money was paid for this video. They didn't just, like, goof off to make this. This was a a significant production. Um, But I don't think the initial intention was for it to be a major laser music video. But I just think it's it's too hard to deny, right? It's just too, too good to not to not take it on the I think the Wareheim one like maybe if you showed it to Kanye before it came out even knowing who Eric Wareheim and Aziz are unless it's unless it was just like a big marketing ploy and it was predetermined and it was always going to be the official video but uh, excluding that like I think even if Eric Wareheim like who has been in contact with Kanye West and has been in talks with to do other videos for him was like hey what what if you made this your official video, like before it came out, before it got buzzed, and before it got talked about? Uh, I think maybe he would. There would be some apprehension there, potentially. I think if like these, the Method Studios who made this Major Laser video were like, "Hey, we want to make this. We want to put this out as a Major Laser video." Like right away, they'd be like, "Fuck yeah, that's fucking cool. <laughs> Hand it over." Like you mean for you mean what for free? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll put it on our account right now. And so, especially for an EDM artist, like EDM artists don't need to be in their video. And right. and it's fact, like how many. Like Diplo is in very few major laser videos, and so, um, yeah, they, they'd have been all over this, and so like major laser kind of lucks out in this case to even be able to ha- have it on their account. I feel like, yeah, it's interesting because you could, you couldn't you know uh, make a fan video for uh, uh, it's all coming back to me now. And then you have Celine Dion be like, yeah, that's the official video. Um, right. I feel like this is something that can only really happen now. The, and the two things that it needs to happen are artists that don't need to be in their videos, yeah. um, which is becoming more and more prevalent, um, which was not always the case. And also people being able to do things that are on the level of, and maybe the Eric Wareheim uh, video for Famous excluded, on the level of, you know, what a professional video may look like. Um, so, like, obviously this is something that, you know, for the Major Laser one, you know, even if it was paid for, it's something that was, you know, not logistically impossible without significant cash infusion. And, you know, to, to do something like that without, you know, a label saying, okay, we'll give you $100,000 to do this, um, and then have that be a high enough quality for somebody to say, all right, well, now this is the official video, um, just sort of for the exposure, I guess, um, yeah. is something pretty new. I mean, this is something that absolutely couldn't have happened, I think, even 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago. Right. Um, and that's 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 really kind of exciting because we see a lot of, and we talk a lot about two directors about the whole pitch process and, you know, things, even videos that are made that are shelved because, 
uh, you know, labels or artists are not ready for something or they don't really see the vision that the art that the director has. And this is a way, you know, 99% of EDM videos we see don't really have anybody, you know, <laughs> recognizable in them to you know, make videos uh, kind of the way they want to and then have it picked up. I mean, obviously, it's not a way to a surefire way. But it's it's interesting that that's now a possibility. Yeah, definitely. And and you know it's it's you got to be careful because then it can it can be taken advantage of. And I think if it's really like someone who's just doing it for the first time or doing it one time, it's different when it's like um, you know artists are just constantly reaching into their fans and being like, make me a video so I don't have to pay for them anymore. Um, you know, which I don't think we've necessarily don't think we've necessarily seen, but it's something that we you know is um, you know it, it could potentially be a slippery slope. But like it is interesting when uh, it seems to be kind of a, a a thing that folks are doing. Like they they kind of do this sometimes. They just make these videos and hope it gets recognized. Like they'll tweet at the artist that you know I, I made this video I made this video for your song. What do you think? And then that gives us the extra task of waiting through. <clears throat> Right, figuring out out what's real and what it isn't. And then that, you know, them artists being able to say, hey, yeah, this is the official video makes that even harder for us. So, you know what? Fuck you guys. Fuck you, artists. Yeah, no, I know. I was actually surprised when this was submitted, The this Major Laser one was submitted by Adam, and uh, I believe, and I was like, wait a second, this isn't official. And then I saw that it was on the Major Laser account and labeled as official. So, um, um, jokes on me. Actually, yeah, you know, you look like a fool, Doug. Um, well, I am a fool. You know, and speaking of uh, looking like a fool, I want to really want. Excuse me, I really want to talk about this Josh Forbes video. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it as well. Um, yeah, uh, you sent this to. You know, you picked this as an IMVDB pick, and um, I uh, I love this video. I don't know how the two Josh, are Josh Josh Forbes, uh, who is an, was an early guest. On the IMVDB podcast. That's right. Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. What up? Um, I want. Do you know the name of this guy? I've been trying to find out the name of this actor. Uh, the he main looks actor. vaguely familiar. Yeah, I think he's a com- comedic actor for sure. See, yeah, I I kind of recognize this guy, but yeah, uh, Josh hasn't mentioned it anywhere that I've seen. So no, but like you know, Josh does a lot of stuff. He doesn't just do music videos; he does a lot of comedy stuff. He's he's as much in the music video world as he is in the kind of comedy world out there in L.A. And I think uh, I think this dude comes from that space. But anyway, he's fantastic in this music video. What's this? Uh, uh, the the concept is basically um, uh, as he presents it. Uh, there are. Um, oh, here, here it is. Eric, Eric Dadorian, which he's got the name Dad in his last name. Ooh. So perfect. Eric, here, let me, yeah. Let me see if I can. Let me see if you can say his last name better than I can. Uh, Eric Dadorian. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's excellent. Yeah. So he plays a he plays like a relationship guru. Uh, well, I think it's it's his concentration seems to be sex therapist. Yeah, okay. Sex therapist, right. Because he has all these couples, and, and so the, the song is A Million Ways by the band Cheerleader, and the you know concept of the video, it's sort of half like um, example video. It's separated out into three chapters, but it features all these different couples that um, they're presented as having you know problems with their sex life. Mm-hmm. And he is a sex therapist that's kind of bringing them together and showing them different ways to kind of spice it up with these different moves. These moves are all numbered and they're all named. Um, right. And... Uh, they, I think chapter one is is chapter one like four player or something. I I, I don't remember where they, where they said what chapter one was. Um, yeah, I don't. Some of the details are lost on me, but the <laughs> I don't I, I don't remember. But the the basically there it's it's in three chapters uh, and the um and it's it, much of it is just like the ten, like listing off of many of the mil, the million ways there are to love your lover. Right. Um, and uh, and we also should mention that Robert Rex, who we've discussed on this podcast before, who is oh yeah, is, is in a lot of music videos. He's the guy. If you watch this music video, he's got like long curly hair. Uh, he's got like a black mustache, black. Um, 
uh, he's in a ton of music videos. I can't remember who he got his name from initially. Maybe it was um, Jordan Bahat or somebody. Because he, um, but he's in here. He's like a music video star, basically. He is. Um, and so they go through all these different positions. Um, they're all fully clothed when they're doing this, which is the mm-hmm. funny part. They're also on an IKEA bed, which I've owned before. Um, and some of these are are pretty wonderfully named: uh, "Releasing the Kraken," uh, "Canary in the Coal Mine," which is just a girl listening to a guy's butt. Um, I like uh, "Toot Scootin." "Toot Scootin" is a is a great one. Um, some of the sort of like uh, foreplay ones are the early worm gets the bird. Uh, my favorite is Mambo number six, <laughs> uh, which is just a guy hold, like hugging somebody's leg. Uh, so these the, the comedy of this comes. Uh, they also show one called Cheerleader, which is a play on the band's name. Um, and then a few minutes later, there's also the reverse Cheerleader. Uh, so it's yeah, the, the comedy comes from all these people like doing all these ridiculous things and, and putting names to them. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought this was great. This is very Josh Forbian, Forbes. Yeah, it is. It fits right into the world that Josh Forbes videos like to fit in. Although he's he's done some darker stuff for sure yeah. that I like a lot. But the, like he does have, he's got a few videos that kind of have that kind of live in this space, live in this world, and I, and I love them a lot. And this one. Uh, this one's right at the top of the list. There's also one called The Buddy System, where <laughs> two people having sex, and then the guy who's the sex therapist is next to the bed reading a book called Boning 2.0. Right. Where, and they're both holding on to his head. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is... You can tell they had a lot of fun with kind of, like, actually, uh, like, uh, coming up with these. Right, yeah, definitely. Like, there's one called the uh, number 68.5 called The Learning Annex, where one of the people uh, having sex is just reading a book. <laughs> I like the doctor's name is Carl Milk Thistle. <laughs> yeah. I'm Dr. Carl Milk Thistle. <laughs> just like, yeah, just like the little details are all super funny. And, uh, yeah, really great video. And the, and the song is like, um, it's just kind of like, kind of like breezy and poppy. And it, it goes along with these, like, people doing these insane, albeit fully clothed, sexual positions. It's just, yeah. like, a nice juxtaposition. They are all 100% clothed. Nobody sheds any sort of clothing. Yeah, right. Like, vests and jackets and, um, yeah. I think one of the guys also, we, we talked about um, Lil Dicky video last week. And I think one of the guys from the Lil Dicky video is also in this video. Really? Yeah, it's a guy with like, he's got kind of like a uh, um, a longer bowl hair haircut and a mustache. He's got oh, like a green, the green shirt. shirt. Yeah, <clears throat> I think he's also in that little Dicky video, hmm. if I recall. Prove it. If it's not him, it's someone who looks like him. Prove it. Um, I'm, gonna just, I'm gonna fucking credit it as that <laughs> that guy in both. So do you also want to talk about just to close things up the uh, the Red Hot Chili, Chili Peppers video? Or do you yeah, want let's to? do it. Let's okay. do it. Yeah, because um, I was pretty critical of the last Olivia Wilde directed music video. Right, and that one was called um, "No One, L- No Love Like Yours" by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, mm-hmm. just from March. So, um, and this is famous Hollywood actress Olivia Wilde. Making music videos, we gave Barry and Jason Sudeikis. That's right, you know, because why not? If you're, you've got the opportunity, um, and that video, "No Love Like Yours," was I think we gave it an F minus. Uh, Adam Alexander tried to find ways to defend it. You know but. what? Fuck that guy, honestly. <laughs> um, but then, so Olivia Wilde, never one. Maybe she learned from her first music video experience. Cause yeah, maybe she listened to our criticisms on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, you know what? These guys are right. I'm glad they're onto something. All right, let me new approach. And uh, she released a video for Red Hot Chili Peppers called Dark Necessities. And uh, you know what? I found this video pretty good. I found it uh, actually maybe excellent. Um, and I think the one thing that Olivia Wilde has changed is she's made the video simpler. And yeah. She's done what I think is the number one best thing that a music video director can do um, is if you have a group of people who are weirdos that just by being on screen are interesting to look at, then why not put them on screen? Because they're Mm -hmm. interesting to look at. And I don't think there's any four people that are less weirdo than 
the current Red Hot Chili Peppers as you know as uh, as middle aged men. Uh, would you agree, Doug? <laughs> I would totally agree at their current age. Fucking flea in the fucking sink is enough. Flea in the sink is uh, definitely going to be the picture for this podcast. So, um, <laughs> Because yeah, basically it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers in this house, and um, they are. It's like kind of like a you know mid-century modern seventies uh, house. There are some like younger girls on skateboards, but I didn't find that quite as interesting. What I found the most interesting were you know these four guys who have been in yeah. this California band for forever. Um, yeah. And doing this shit, doing this exact same shit, and waking up between couch cushions and fucking <laughs> mustache and no shirt and weird and 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 bent brim hats or flat brim hats. They are very much like the Rolling Stones in the '80s, kind of, where like you know they've been around for a while, several decades. They're starting to get old, but they're not quite there yet, and uh, they're still rocking out, and they're they're old enough to. To kind of have it even more of a you know fuck it attitude when it comes to just doing whatever the hell they want, um, and that makes it the babes. The reason the babes and skateboarders, which I would never call it that, but that's basically what this is, right? Like right. if we're in the world of a Red Hot Chili Peppers video, like this is babes and babes that are skateboarders. Um, the reason it feels so out of place is it wouldn't have felt out of place 20 years ago because you watch a Red Hot Chili Peppers and skateboard babes roll in and you're like, oh, yeah, these are these guys' girlfriends. Like, right. you, you, there was like a level of believability there where it's like, yeah, man, these, these guys probably like do hang out with like these girls all the time and like they just got them to like show up. But now it feels so much like a prop. Because and there's a, a significant disconnect because you like know they're not. <laughs> right. You're like these guys are fucking dads now um, and like have like wives and and like th- their their music still sounds like this and they probably like still live in these California houses and like still like dig skateboarding and dress like they do and stuff, but like have like home lives that don't align with the music video world that they're trying to create here. So like really these feel like they're daughters in this video. <laughs> they're like more than they are like girls that they are that are like the red hot chili peppers girlfriends. Yeah, because these are um uh like you said, these are let's see, how old is Anthony Kiedis? Yeah, Anthony Kiedis is fifty three years old. <laughs> oh my god. Um so, you know, these are definitely his daughter's age for sure. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, there's nothing like Nothing wrong with being fifty years old, but uh especially not on Father's Day. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah, maybe this is a tribute to fathers everywhere, um, whose daughters are cool skateboard chicks. Um but yeah, these girls are pretty young. Um and they are Definitely kind of holding on to the youth thing. One of the things that I thought was most interesting about this video is um, how, like, how they were closely there holding on to, you know, their youth. I mean, Anthony Kiedis is in, you know, shirtless for the entirety of this video. And even though he's 53, you know, he looks, you know, pretty great for a 53-year-old. Sure. Um, but you can kind of tell, you know, he's not, you know, 24 anymore. Um, right. Flea is, I, you know... He's a bit of an outlier because he's, you know, kind of a crazy person. But, you know, but he's he is still guy. like he, he is. Yeah, he's still that age and he's still wearing weed socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. You know this what I mean? Like, this is some nice socks, actually. Yeah, I mean, they're cool. They're, they're probably authentic huff socks. Right. But like the like flea in a sink with with um, rubber gloves on playing playing the bass like that's fine like that that all works but like the there are a few elements that do feel like they're they're reaching into a younger generation that doesn't really fit but for for the most part like their work their performance and stuff and the way they're kind of presented and and for the, the a significant portion of this world is like right where they should be at right where they should be doing yeah, I thought this was great for the fact that it is an Olivia Wilde directed music video, and she did, a, I think, a great job. Congrats, Olivia. I know it means a lot coming from me. Um, yeah, right. And, and that the Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of pulled off uh, what I think a lot of artists their age would be very envious of. They made, a, I think, a pretty great music video and managed to look pretty 
cool and not old in the process for a bunch mm-hmm. of guys in their mid fifties. I mean, ask you two about that. Um, that is not an easy thing, even though those, those guys are in their sixties now. So, um, yeah, congratulations to you guys. You guys, uh, you, you read, guys you red hot chili peppers really made it and we'll send you our, you know, our award certificate. <clears throat> You guys continue to be red hot. Should we start doing that? Should we just <laughs> find the find the mailing address of every musician that we talk about on every podcast, every musician and every director, and just send them a certificate? Like you were discussed on this week's episode of the IMVDP <laughs> podcast. We'll get a gold sticker and we'll just mail it. Just like whatever address we can find publicly, whether it's their manager, whether it's their you know publicist, whether it's just directly to the label. I think we're doing that from now on. <laughs> I think so. I think, uh, and should we email them or like mail them a CD of the podcast as well? Yeah, we'll put the CD on a, yeah, <laughs> or just like an IMVDB brand thumb drive. It's like you can download it or just print the link on the, like the full deep link uh, to the to the podcast on the certificate. And it's like, if you'd like to see the podcast, go to this website. Um, I think that's I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe it's a thumb drive that just <laughs> opens up and open up opens up the website. Uh, I think I, I think we can do that. I think we have the technology. I think we can do it. Okay, great. Um, well, in the meantime, until you get those certificates, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, you can listen to the podcast at imvdb.com slash podcast. That's right. Uh, since we did it, and you know, I think that. Uh, if you want to, sorry, I'm gonna cut that out. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we did it this week. And you know, if you want to see this watch list, these yeah. music videos that we're talking about, the best way to do that, you know, Doug, as he mentioned, is to go to imvdb.com/podcasts, and you will see this is episode 195. All those videos, and you know what else we're gonna link up there? Um, early days, which is uh, officially known as Doug's dad's favorite music video. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to link up uh, that uh, Celine Dion video because I think people need to see that. It wasn't that long ago. No, and then the Meatloaf version. Uh, did he make a music video for the Meatloaf version? Yeah. Oh, wow. I have not <laughs> seen that. It's on, it's on the site. Oh, really? Okay. I, um, because I just put it there, but... Um, but it's there. <laughs> oh, it's there. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. It's on, it's on uh, Vivo. Okay, great. Um, sweet. Uh, and we will see you guys next week. Uh, say, say hello to your dads for us. <laughs> <laughs>